In this episode, we discuss From Paris with Love, starring everyone's favorite action star, bloated John Travolta. What did you do? Did you whittle this? Whittle you this? whittled this table out of a what? You, carpen- a you carpenter one? this? You carpented Carpen- it? Carpen- you carpented it. You work- woodworked it? Mm-hmm. You oh, worked let me put the my wood? thing on vibrate instead of make noise. This is the two setting. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington, and over here, Elliot Kalen. You can't you can't see it, but we're all on on three different sides of a table. Mm-hmm. And it, well, we're in different corners of a room. Mm-hmm. How's uh, how are my levels? We didn't check my levels before we this did one. Check. What about your my levels? Oh, but it was pretty good. Are my levels? Was okay? it when I was Fine. telling my story earlier? Yeah, it was when you were telling your story. Okay, it was a good cool. story. Yeah. Uh, the problem is, if I tell you that you that levels are being checked, you just yell "check" into the microphone. Yeah. Check, well, check, I mean, like my that. story was great because it had a beginning, middle, and end. Oh yeah. It, Highs it followed, and lows, peaks and valleys. It followed the Aristotelian uh, unities. Unities. Thank you. Similar to a movie I watched. Not this at evening. all like a movie. <laughs> no. No, you're wrong on that. We watched a little film. Very little. Uh, <laughs> called I didn't watch very much of it. From Paris with Love. Now this sounds like a charming romantic comedy with maybe Catherine Heigl. Mm-hmm. Or a Is that how you pronounce her name? Postcard. So. Or Heigl. Okay. Yeah. Or a postcard, or maybe it's a musical with uh, Audrey Hepburn. Or, or one of those parody songs films. by Frank Lesser. Wait, not Frank Lesser. That's my friend. George Gershwin. Lesser. Who's the lesser uh, guy? The lesser uh, of who? Which guy? No, there was a... There was a <laughs> this is a hilarious... Lesser routine. the composer, yeah. Um, His name was also Frank Lesser. Learn and low. Let's, let's say that instead. How about we say Rodgers and Hart? Rodgers yeah. and Hammerstein. Rodgers and Hart. I think, I think this name could have also been used in a like, James, James Bond parody film. James yeah. Bond parody film. Um, yeah. I like the epic movie franchise, It's not really much guess. of a parody. They're just switching out... Uh, Russia and Paris. Yeah, but yeah Paris I mean, is funnier than Russia. Yeah, but they're they're pretty they're pretty weak when it comes to the parodies in those movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's true. Um, in just my blanket parody movie put down, I just made. Yeah. Yes. So that was a dead end, and let's <laughs> move on. Ouch. Paris with love, starring who was in it? Uh, Jonathan Reese Myers. And John Travolta. And Jonathan Reese. Oh yeah, they're both named John. Yeah. <laughs> that must have created hilarious complications on the set. Oh, <laughs> uh, can you get John on the set? <laughs> Not that John, the other John. Except for the fact that they're pretty much in every scene together. <laughs> That's <so> true. <laughs> they would all be needed on the set. They would, at the same on time. the set. They knew them as uh, Bad Mustache John and Doughy Bald John. I think. <laughs> I think that's probably why they didn't just have John Travolta doing a dual role in this movie because the CGI costs would have been extremely. I don't think prohibitive. I think a screen can carry that amount of weight <laughs> to have two John Travoltas on screen. You mean like weight, weight, of, weight of character, right? I mean weight of human body. Yeah. You think that the uh, computer would shatter <laughs> beneath it? Yes. All right. Only after screaming, why? <laughs> I only wanted to be human, <laughs> to feel your human emotion of love. From Paris. Is that a, <laughs> is that a, is that a short, short circuit joke, guys? Uh, no, I just, just joke general computer based on joke. the okay, uh, Pinocchio complex that most computers seem to Oh, have. the Pinocchio complex? <laughs> I think I took some classes. Isn't there, Ashton yeah. Kutcher in that? <laughs> the Pinocchio Complex. Um, the Geppetto Overdrive. <laughs> so this is a uh, this is a 
the Cinderella Protocol. <laughs> I love these fairy tale spy movies. This is a French produced action film. Yes. Um, the which Matilda is a, Connection. Which is why Paris. Which, which those words get uh, audiences running to the multiplex. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in my case, I, I told you guys beforehand that I kind of. Uh, you were thought, hoping to like this. I was a hoping little. to like this movie because, like, a lot of uh, Luc Besson produced action films, like Taxi, uh, <laughs> are good for some um, Fifth s- Element, some stupid jolts, some, yeah. some fun, some Fifth fun elements. Well, this director, uh, the Pierre, Messenger, that was a Luc Besson movie, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. This, the director Pierre Morel, uh, who oh, directed, the Mushroom, <laughs> Inventor of the Mushroom, that bears his name. <laughs> yep. <laughs> The guy who directed this film also directed uh, District B-13 and Taken, two mm. uh, solid uh, B-action films. Solid, B- yeah. action Yeah. Just a, lot of, just a lot of fun, guys. Just, you know, just, just a lot of fun. So going into And the Transporters, time, right? Those were Luc Besson produced. Yep. Those, those were, are great. Yeah, not so, this director, but he, the director worked on... I mean, he, yeah, Luc Besson is a pretty out. heavy product, producer mm-hmm. hand. Although he actually, or maybe not, he's, he's, it seems lazy because it's like Luke Besson comes up with a story idea, has someone else write it, has someone else direct it, then puts his name on it. Yeah. He's but, like the Judd Apatow of action movies. Oh, man. You but, hate Judd Apatow. But if you're going to watch hate him, I hate his work. You hate him. <laughs> but if you're going to watch like a stupid action film, like a stupid action film that it seems like a, like a, like a middle school kid came up with. I would rather watch. Yeah, I'd rather watch a Luc Besson one than like Legion because of because of the because uh, of all the French extras and <laughs> shot on location in France. Yeah, French, and, uh, very French. You know, women walking around in uh, lingerie, shooting potentially underage. Guns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well there wasn't a lot of that. I, I was uh, I was talking to Stuart before the movie before the recording after the movie, and we're saying that there are three made. There are three real female characters in this movie. Two of them end up shot in the head, and one of them is a prostitute. <laughs> that that sums up the movie in a lot of ways. I feel like. What kind of message do you think that does that send the female viewers? Of, I think the uh, message it sends is we hate you. <laughs> okay, nice. Why are you watching this? Well, I think I mean John Travolta probably has no interest in them. Yeah, well, I mean it's clear. <laughs> <laughs> it's clear by the end of the film that the love story is between Jonathan Reese Myers and John. And Travolta. what is the story? Should we get into the plot of the oh, movie? Oh, if you can. If you can explain the plot of this film, I will give you a Coke. I'll try my best, and I do love Coca-Cola. It's a fine product made by a fine company, an all-American drink, great taste, gives you energy, huh. good sure. for you, comes in an attractive red can, beautiful logo. Anyway. And so that was the plot to Coca-Cola. <laughs> I've explained what Coca-Cola is about, right? Jonathan Rees-Meyers is the aide to the amba- American ambassador to France. Uh, and Jonathan Rhys Myers has a very unbelievable American accent. He lives with a French girl named uh, what is it? Caroline. Clementine. Caroline. 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 Uh, and they have a storybook romance. But he he doesn't want to be a low level bureaucrat in an embassy. He wants to be a secret agent. And what does she do? She makes her own clothes. Okay, that's <laughs> that's a believable profession. Uh, he gets the uh, he gets the opportunity through a. Mysterious voice on his cell phone, who we never find out who the voice is or where it's I coming from. I think it was from. just supposed to be his boss. It's just boss. like Mission Command or something. But yeah. it's not his ambassador boss, because yeah. his boss, the ambassador, never has any idea what the fuck he's doing or why he's not around. But uh, he gets told, there's an American agent coming into town. You're his partner now. you got to drive him around. His name's Wax. And this is John Travolta, bald goatee, earring in one ear, flamboyant scarf, leather yeah. jacket. Pudgy. And- 
Very pudgy, and he is Bloated, a, one might but still say. really charming, right? <laughs> oh yeah, incredibly charming. He is, but dangerous he in, is a, a, in like a bad boy way. An unlikable, uh, unstoppable killing machine, and he lies to Jonathan Rhys Myers throughout the course of the film. Kills people basically on a whim all the time. It looks like they're going to stop a Chinese drug dealing gang. Then it turns out they're actually after terrorists. Uh, there's a lot of running around and shooting people with things. Uh, John Travolta says a lot of irritating stuff. Jonathan Rizmeyer is the straight man of the group, so it's you a made lot of quotation like, marks in, in, that, in two I senses. Thought, yeah, is it the? Is, <laughs> are you are you bashing homosexuals again, Dan? I'm not bashing yeah. them. I'm I'm referencing the same uh, rumor about John Travolta that you yourself had referenced earlier in the podcast. Okay, fine, you got me. But it's a lot of like. Come on, baby, we gotta shoot down these guys. Let's do this. Da, da, da. That's what I'm talking about. And then Jonathan Rhys Myers says, What we're doing is that this is crazy. Explain to me, sir, what is going on here? My fiance is waiting for us. You know, and they like, then they fight a lot. It turns out, spoiler, I'm skipping ahead a lot. Uh-huh. But I do like how John Travolta makes, is constantly trying to make Jonathan Reese Myers feel bad about having a fiance. Yes. And like, oh man, this girl's just going to re- like mess you up and everything uh, before she gets shot in the head. But Well, later on she gets shot. They, uh, they just leave a trail of bodies and explosions in their wake, including at least three or four innocent French policemen who are blown up when they open right. a, a booby booby trap door. And let me just say, like, it is not it is not clear from the beginning what John Travolta's mission is supposed to be. Yeah, uh, it ha- it seems to do the- with shooting a bunch of uh, Asian people at the beginning and finding cocaine, <laughs> and carrying around a vase full of cocaine. Yeah, and somehow cocaine leads to terrorism. But there's one, and the scene they kind of just like how in North by Northwest. The scene where the plot is explained to Cary Grant, there's a lot of airplane noise, so you don't hear it. Mm-hmm. Here, John Travolta makes Jonathan Rhys-Meyers do some coke, and then he explains the plot to him, which, of course, through Jonathan Rhys-Meyers, it, it's the movie brilliantly filters are through perception, through his, <laughs> and jo- what John Travolta is saying is almost incomprehensible. You hear the words terrorist, bomb, something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, and like, like, there's like multiple John Travolta's on the screen and his voice goes all weird and I was expecting it to cut to a shot of Jonathan Reese Myers going cross-eyed and like sticking <laughs> his tongue out. Uh, you know, like when, when Elliot does cocaine. Right? Yeah, that's exactly what happens. I turn into a Tex Avery character. Uh, Ironically, uh, the speed at which he talks uh, decreases when he <laughs> does cocaine. Shut up, why I oughta. <laughs> but uh, I was shaking my fist. Uh so they take a break to go have dinner at Jonathan Rhys Meyers' apartment. They're laughing it up. John Travolta is really charming the pants, probably in the future, off of uh, what's Caroline's friend, mm-hmm. who's uh, vaguely Middle Eastern, vaguely, vaguely Pakistani or Middle Eastern or something. Just looks like a terrorist, right? <laughs> and then mm-hmm. she gets a phone call. She's filled with terrorism. She gets a phone call and says, "Oh, someone calling for Rose? There's no one here by that name." John Travolta takes out a gun, shoots her in the head. So it turns out that was a code word for a terrorist. The girlfriend, which, which she made sure to say out loud, by for the way. who knows why. <laughs> the girlfriend is also a terrorist. The whole apartment is bugged. She runs away. There's a daring rooftop chase, which ends with John Travolta. I assume having a heart attack mm-hmm. when the cameras are, stop rolling, sweating. Baking grease pouring from his face. <laughs> I, well, I feel bad vomits. for the poor stunt man who had to strap on a fat suit to do that <laughs> fucking chase. <laughs> the the, the stunt man was in the makeup chair for six hours. It was like one of the fucking clumps or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they it turns out 
the girlfriend has this is a six year plan to kill some sort of American diplomat at Long a con. at a conference of African nations at the American Embassy in Paris. They've got to stop this person. They follow a decoy car. Then it turns out that's the real car. They blow it up with a rocket launcher. They go to the embassy. Jonathan Rhys-Meyers, the whole movie has been very reluctant to shoot anyone. Uh, and when he gets there, he is forced. Why would he be reluctant to shoot people, Elliot? <laughs> Uh, he's a human being. John, John Travolta seems to do it willy nilly. When John Travolta kills, uh, he, it's like it's one of those things where he doesn't even have a license to kill. Like well, he has a license like, to slaughter. You have to or realize to massacre. that uh, Jonathan Travolta. Jonathan Travolta. <laughs> so formal. Jonathan, John, Jonathan Seymour Travolta. You you're in trouble. John Travolta eats everything that he kills, so he doesn't waste anything. That's why it's okay for him to do it. And that's why he's so overweight. Uh, mm-hmm. He's also and <laughs> he ca- he kind of like just, just fire. There, there's like that gunfight in the uh, the mannequin okay. factory, which is not nearly as exciting <laughs> as it sounds. There's so <laughs> many scenes that sound exciting, like the gunfight yeah. in the mannequin factory. Where he's just, just, like just, just like kind of title for like a short story. The gunfight gun in, in the Chinese factory. restaurant, mm-hmm. and he's just kind of flailing about firing his guns, and obviously every single bullet finds their target. Yeah. of bad guys that have very little sense of self preservation by jumping <laughs> out, aim. firing their Uzis into the air while getting shot. <laughs> yeah. A lot of Uzis. The Uzis are a real throwback to like action movies from 1988. Like know? I thought for a second they just took like extra footage from Last Boy Scout and <laughs> spliced it in. Oh, well, okay. So they're at the embassy. Uh, Jonathan Riesmeyer's girlfriend is there. She's got a bomb strapped to her chest. He tries to Jonathan talk her down, but it. <laughs> she, he tries to talk her down, but it doesn't work. And he shoots her in the head, and everything's okay. Yep. And John Travolta and Jonathan Rhys Myers are now secret agents, and, and they it's, play a it's game of chess. It's fucking Miller together. time, right? They yeah. go and they play go a game of chess while sitting on the tarmac with a hamburger, right? Yeah, yeah, Royale with cheese, <laughs> which is a reference to Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. a movie that John, Jonathan Travolta was actually good <laughs> in. Yeah, mm-hmm. a movie. It's just the movie's reminding you if you're angry. And sad after watching this movie. You can always go home and watch Pulp Fiction. Or, you know, Phenomenon or any of those <laughs> any movies. Any of those any movies. Them fucking shits. Lucky yeah. Numbers or... Uh, <laughs> Michael. Michael. Sure, Broken Arrow. <laughs> Broken Arrow. <laughs> uh, Hairspray. Sure. Primary Colors. Oh, he's been a lot of junk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so... So this is, a, this is a meaningless, incomprehensible, you know, insult to the world. Yeah, one of my favorite um, just but, incomprehensible bits is during the climax when um, you know uh, John Travolta is is chasing after the Middle Eastern looking fellow uh, in in a car with a, a rocket launcher. It's a car chase. John Travolta has a rocket launcher with him. Yeah, and um, and he thinks that uh, Caroline is also in the car because Caroline has placed a mannequin with a burqa in the car. With uh, with the guys at decoy. I'll tell you that mannequin was really on the move. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were like racing a- around looking for a magical <laughs> necklace to bring that shit to life. <laughs> and uh, Jonathan Reese Myers is like, oh, "There's something wrong with this," and he calls up John Travolta once he realizes that this is a decoy. And John Travolta has a conversation with Jonathan Reese Myers on a cell phone while outside of a car, whizzing at you know, like one has to believe, like seventy miles an hour at least. To Some that amount point. of kilometers. I don't know what they use. <laughs> Probably like there. a million kilometers. <laughs> and he's like, "No, no, no, no! They're not trying to attack the diplomat or whoever the fuck they're the after." The car is a decoy. Yeah. She's not in the car. Don't blow it up. Yeah. 
And then um, that accent is more believable than his accent, by the well, way. Well, because I'm an American. Yeah, yeah okay. like, that, oh, she, that makes like, sense. This I is guess. the voice I normally talk with. <laughs> yeah, but they're like, Caroline's gonna, she's gonna sneak into the embassy. They're gonna do it there. And John Travolta's like, oh shit, you're right. That is a decoy. And then all of a sudden, uh, like minutes later, the car Seconds that John Travolta later. is following pulls out its own like rockets that it's gonna shoot at a car. And John Travolta's like, oh, I gotta blow this car up anyway. It's, and it's just like, why have that switcheroo they gave, in there? They give you the brilliant <clears throat> twist that this car is a decoy, and then it's like they were like, ah, it's kind of better if the car is a bomb that he's going to yeah. drive into the motorcade. So we'll just, down we'll just it's a make decoy. it that way, yeah. That, that, that scene will just fizzle at the end. I mean, but let's not forget. And this but is the something only we had- reason why they had the mannequin in the car then is so that if John Travolta oh, so saw could- it, he would realize, wait a minute. The deco- There is definitely a decoy because they made an effort yeah. to put this mannequin yeah. to make you think Here's she's in the Here's why car. I think he had the mannequin. Because the motorcade was going to be in the carpool lane. Okay. He's never going to be able to drive by himself into that carpool lane. I don't know. The up. times I've been driving through Staten Island, people really don't pay that close attention <laughs> this to those is rules. Paris. It's totally different. Oh, yeah. Okay. They're pretty strict about the HOV lane. Oh, sure. yeah. Well, you saw how strict they were about John Travolta bringing soda into the country. Well, it wasn't technically soda. It was an energy drink. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man, the brilliant scene where we got to know John Travolta. We're introduced to John Travolta. He's held up at customs because he has cans of an energy drink with him that the French won't let him bring in for who knows what reason. And he the French yells, don't like energy. Well, they, don't they like are very lackadaisical people. But yeah. he uh, And he is arguing with them, and he's a big asshole. And he's supposed to come off, I guess, as like, uh, says what he feels, you know, no-nonsense American, you know, tough guy. But he just comes off as a jerk. And then it turns out that the cans all have gun parts in them, you know, that he assembles. Because yeah, he has to sneak his own gun in because John Travolta loves his own gun. Mm-hmm. And well, then he, even what, though he uses a hundred different guns I mean, in this he is, I mean, he is, I wouldn't say a mass murderer, but he's killed many, many people. <laughs> yeah. He probably has some kind of psychosis that's based around <laughs> his instrument of killing. Yeah, it's really ritualized at this point. Well, it's like if it was a, a, a knife made out of blue glass, like in... Uh, <laughs> in I Know Who Killed Me? <laughs> yeah. Well, you, do, you don't see the parts... At, they cut out the scenes where after each of the kills, he goes back later and masturbates at the scene of the crime. Oh, man. Sure. Just in because re- he has a psychosexual connection to the Why murders. do you think they cut that out of the movie? <laughs> uh, because it doubled the length of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it would have made this a three-hour Well, because film. after a while, I mean, he's turned on, but it's still like, oh, this is kind of yeah. hard work to get this well, out. Also, the studio notes thought that made uh, him a little too unlikable. <laughs> they that's cut that. kind of strange. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, man, that, that, that custom scene angered me at the time, but now thinking of it in retrospect, it angers me all the more. <laughs> is it, is because it because it, of your part-time job as a customs agent? <laughs> yes. It's so hard, and people don't realize, I'm not trying to be a jerk. Mm-hmm, it's just my have, job, guys. rules. In this economy... I can't get safety. better. It's for safety. Yeah. This it's this is a movie that thinks it is like Dan Dan you were saying it thinks it's like a more amped up action version of like the in-laws. Like mm-hmm. like a a mismatched buddy comedy action movie but that's a little harder edged. But instead it's just like unlikable people doing stupid things and, and an action movie version funny. of the in-laws wouldn't be wouldn't be bad if they had charismatic actors. I mean people as charismatic as Peter Falk and Alan Arkin, but like action stars, like the idea Travolta. of like, like Jason Statham and well, I, uh, I think Jetley and Jetley. <laughs> well, I mean, like this movie, this perfect, movie, <laughs> writes itself. This movie, Night and Day, that's out right now, like that seems like it's way shitty to date from all the, the, way to date uh, the reviews. Podcast. Uh, 
people, yeah, people are going to be listening to it from just 20 years from now. Like, oh, man. That took me out of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was up to date with that we were talking about from Paris with love. No, but this, like this movie Night and Day is well, getting... Well, it'll be the 20th anniversary of pa- from Paris with love. That's why they're watching it. Uh-huh, they're gathering in Paris. So Night and Day, the Cole Porter story. <laughs> like, people... Uh, like, it's, it's getting terrible reviews, but it seems like that's also trying to do the same thing, where, like... Oh, there's this crazy secret agent, and you don't know whether they're crazy or not. Yeah. And like, if this movie had actually played that up a little bit more, uh, is it that might the one where one of the characters' name is Salt? Yeah, no, that's, no, that's, that's the, the Angelina Jolie Salt. movie. Okay, because I'm wondering what the fuck this shit's all about. Salt. That's she's a woman who apparently is a sleeper Russian agent, but she doesn't know it. Why do they, why do they name her? In, why do they name her Salt then? Uh, I think it's based it's in, on the book Salt, yeah, an adaptation of the, the historical book Salt, oh, okay. the history of a rock or mm-hmm. whatever, the only rock we eat or whatever it's called. It's a loose adaptation though. <laughs> oh, okay, you and I were going for the same joke at the same time. Well, how many fucking jokes are there about the na- the word Salt? It's based well, I, on the Strategic Arms Limitation <laughs> Treaty. I, yes, but I I still think it's a little esoteric. I think I don't think that most people would have gone for that joke. Well. Uh, so yeah, we're talking about Jonathan Travolta. We're talking about Night Day, guys. I'm right? your, I'm your dark day? mirror, Dan. That's why. That's why we went for the same joke. Because I'm your dark mirror. Your success <laughs> is a constant uh, rebuke to me. <laughs> we're making some good progress tonight. So, so uh, Jonathan Travolta from from Paris, incredibly Con likable. Love. Mm-hmm. Yes, no. uh, very unlikable. He is. It, yeah, they he supposed to be like an outrageous character, but instead he just comes off as a douche. Well, well and he also, I mean, I, I you know, this may be an insensitive joke to make, but he, as I said, he looks like Steve Gutenberg at the beginning of Don't Tell Her It's Me when he's like all bloated from chemotherapy. Like he doesn't look like an action star. He's like it's a little offensive. I mean, that character had Hodgkin's disease, Dan, and sure. that affects a lot of people. Well, and Don't Tell Her It's Me was a was a sensitive treatment. Of <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the, the trials and tribulations. I mean, the animated uh, <laughs> title sequence where he goes through his cancer treatment yeah. is particularly sensitive yeah um, i found it kind of touching and it helped me get through some tough times i'm just saying that <laughs> john travolta looks like a ziggy sort of character in this film that's i, I suppose that's I mean, fair wallace sean is a ziggy sort of character <laughs> i think that's been established i don't think i should remind you of that because gawker knows <laughs> okay. no he is it, he does not and they could have played off the fact that he doesn't look like an action star mm-hmm. but instead they just take it for granted that you think he is a super badass from moment one and they he's got all the things that say super badass he's bald looks he's like doughy, a pirate he's got a, he's got an earring that looks like a napkin ring hanging out of his <laughs> he's ear visibly sweating for most <laughs> of the film. and you know what you i love imagine what him I... wiping his forehead with pieces of cheese <laughs> Before devouring them, possibly biting his fingers in the process, (laughs) not even realizing it. I mean, what I what I really liked about his character, though, is he really felt like like we're just interrupting part of this person's life. Mm -hmm. Like he's existed for years before his life beyond the frame, and he's going to continue after. Oh yeah, there's a lot of it. Very felt very real. This movie, like we just took a little page page out of his his out of his diary autobiography. Mm Hmm. Wax. <laughs> oh yeah, his last name is. Was his name Sam Wax? I don't. I, uh, I think you're confusing him with the character of Sam Axe from Burn Notice, Bruce Campbell's character. I don't character. think that's the case. But <laughs> but his last name is Wax. Yeah. It was like Charlie Wax. <laughs> they call me Mister Wax. <laughs> Sequel sure. to House of Wax, <laughs> because where he's also a crazed killer. <laughs> 
Owens oh, no, that. Yep. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Tyler Perry's House of Pain for a second. <laughs> Tyler Perry's I don't remember House that of many Wax. I like Medea's Tyler Perry's Medea's House of Wax. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember all the Medea killers. Was like Medea was horribly <laughs> scarred in a fire at her wax museum, and now she's going going for revenge. Sure, that makes sense. And is there like portals to other dimensions in the basement yes, of her wax museum? Yes, because it's the wax works also, oh, okay. yeah. That's kind of odd. I don't know why she'd have that. <laughs> mm. And it's the discovery of television among the bees. Anybody? Anyone know that movie? Wax no. or the discovery? Okay, well, independent film. Uh, early 90s. I don't watch a lot of movies. Unless they're at the multiplayer. Well, you made the point, Stuart, that you still haven't seen Toy Story 3 yet, and yet you're sitting watching from Paris with love. <laughs> sure. So, uh... While, while crying. <laughs> John, John Travolta doesn't bring his patented John Travolta charm to this particular project, but... He does, uh, he does a lot of the things that John Travolta does when he's not charming, though, which uh, is just be talk doughy. as if he's really cool and laugh really loudly and, you There's know... a lot of shouting, yeah. A lot of shouting. He does... He laughs. He does kind of what Ray Liotta does when Ray Liotta laughs in movies, where he laughs really loudly with his mouth wide open, as if, as if he's shooting laughs at you from out of his mouth. Ow! Ow! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Try Ray Liotta, stop being to... funny. <laughs> Thinking things are funny. Stop being amused. Yeah. Uh, and this is also a movie where John Travolta. It's it's like a very bad James Bond movie in that he has a number of high tech devices which appear in his hands as if from some pocket dimension, and then he uses them once and never again. You know. He has a watch that he can use to com- to send coordinates to, tell time. to a satellite that goes to the U.S. and they can track things. And he uses it once, and then it's like, well, I, there's no reason to use this ever again. I mean, the watch is taken from him at one point, but he doesn't try to get it back or anything. Yeah. And, and the he, watch, he's a watch to tell And time. later on, he has that bazooka, and he shoots it once, and that's it. Like, he doesn't bazooka anything else. Well, there's really nothing left for him to bazooka. What <laughs> could have bazooka that terrorist he'd lady? He'd just be shooting random cars and things. <laughs> Or people. <laughs> it was a movie. It was a movie where you, you, you bazooka Joe. <laughs> you wondered where at what point John Travolta's character will snap and just start shooting people at random. Well, what, I was. Gonna, I mean, I think technically he kind of was <laughs> shooting people at random. I was going to say just got though, lucky that they were all uh, they were bad all guys. villains. John Travolta didn't bring his charm, but Jonathan Rhys Meyers, of course, made up for it. Oh, right in Spades. Oh yeah. Oh, in, in, in David Spades. <laughs> Spades. <laughs> Which is in Ace sort of, of what is Ace of Base. <laughs> <laughs> His uh, goatee looked like. Yeah, he has a David tiny Spade goatee and a terrible American accent. And he, and there are things that... And Jonathan Reese Arnaz can be incredibly charming and and charismatic in movies and television shows. And magazines. Just, but this, mm-hmm. And magazines. That this was... I was wondering... Because <laughs> when he, the first time I really saw him... Spirographs. Yeah. Was in the television production of Gormenghast, where he is great as Steerpike, the kind of like cunning rogue who is playing... Uh, members of this royal family off of each other and the whole movie you're wondering like where's the guy who who is interesting and likable even when he's doing unlikable things like what happened to that jonathan reese myers well there's that great bit of uh like physical comedy at the beginning when uh he's trying to stick the listening device inside the french i guess like the french president's French minister of plot devices. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he's trying to stick that that listening device under the guy's uh, desk. Yeah, and it just won't stick. Yeah, he tries using gum, which of course in spy school is the first thing you learn <laughs> is that you should use gum to is, stick listening. Is that gum is sticky. And then uh, and it keeps falling on the floor, and he has to like cough and like drop, drop things pen. and make up stories. Oh man, it's hilarious. Oh, and the whole but the whole time the music is like when it should have been. Wah, 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 wah. Do, 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 do. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
It's a and dumb movie. And then there's that great bit when he goes home <laughs> to meet his girlfriend or fiance, who turns out to be a uh, super a terrorist spy, a super terrorist that's working the long con. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> he gets home and he apparently sees, just to get some credentials. By the way, eventually like that to get credentials once. Yeah, for one which thing, you could have just lifted from him. Say, they like, could have employed a few pe- pickpockets. You know, and lift credentials or just, from hell, various just people. Just beat him up. Just yeah. beat him up and take his his credentials and leave if, him somewhere. I mean, it was six years. What if he like got transferred or lost his job? That's a yeah, good point. How, six years before, how do they know that he was going to be assigned to this particular? Detail? How did they know there was going to be some sort of some sort of conference of African nations? At wouldn't the, there at the have embassy, been a more important emb- like? Wouldn't there have been something before then? For yeah, a more important official. I mean, like. A more well, important, six... say, older official who would would not look a gift young, attractive uh, fiance in the mouth. Mouth. I think he mouth in the mouth. In the mouth. <laughs> is, that, look... is that a fucking dirty word for a, a woman's thing? <laughs> her, her face. Yeah, are you that being... what you're saying? Okay, you're being offensive. Yeah, I'm just a little offended right now. Sorry. But uh, it is. I think for six years. The American embassy has been planning big events, and terrorists have been about to stop them, and then they've been called off for the weather, or mm-hmm. people couldn't make it, or they booked the hall on the wrong day, and they couldn't get the people in. So for six years, she's had to pretend to be in love with him. You know, That would have been a good Because they movie. keep changing plans. If it's told from her point of view, she hates him, but she's <laughs> got to stay with him because the embassy keeps canceling all these big terrorist, yeah. terroristable events. And she keeps going to like her terrorist boss and like objecting to this plan. I cannot stand this guy. <laughs> Please, no, no, you'll stay with him. And then, like, I don't and then she's she's like sitting there at the table while he picks his teeth with his knife, and she's like, <laughs> "Oh God, I gotta stay with this oaf." Yep, I like that movie. A lot of farting in bed. <laughs> Nothing but farting in bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the movie's called: farting in bed. <laughs> a, the terrorist, terrorist story. story. <laughs> I like this movie. <laughs> and then it, the poster can be—it's a parody of the Man in Black poster that says "FIB." <laughs> Uh, Instead I don't of like the direction you're taking farting in bed, <laughs> Elliot. This is just a poster. This is just the poster. Okay, they'll, I'm still, uh, they'll think it's a movie. The ad campaign. They'll think it's a movie called Fib about lying. No, that's what the kids will call white, it to be cool. Lies. You know, see Fib again? Yeah, I've seen it ten times. I love Fib. Mm-hmm. This who's going to say? I think you're uh, presuming a lot about the audience's reaction to it. I think that's more the of a movie that Fib. they see once and they're like, "Oh, that's pretty good. I might see it again." No, no, no. They're going to see it over and over again because here's why: multiple endings. <laughs> you never know which one you're going to get when you go to the theater. Okay, <laughs> okay, Tim I like Curry it. Tim Curry to star. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tim Curry to star. That's going to be odd. Isn't he dead now? Uh, no, he's or? still alive. <laughs> Probably doing like. I mean, last we saw him was on Broadway in Spam a lot. I think the last I saw him was as the villain in Mikhail's Navy. But (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's he's done other things since. Okay, you just admitted to watching Mikhail's Navy. That's odd. How was I not going to watch it? All star cast headed by Tom Arnold. Come on, based on a show I've never seen. Of course, Wait, I was going to watch that. That's the one with Kelsey Grammer, right? No, that's Down Periscope, <laughs> oh, okay. which I have also seen. <laughs> with with, with TV's potentially Lauren a double Holly. feature. Yeah, all star cast of Kelsey Grammer and Lauren Holly. How could they not carry a film? <laughs> uh, to that, I would say Up Periscope. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, good oh, stuff. Kelsey Grammer just 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 looks like a submarine captain. He looks, yeah, well, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you're basing that off of. Right. Well, he's a, currently appearing in... My book, Famous Submarine Captains. <laughs> he's currently appearing in La Cage Folle on Broadway, and they had to rewrite the character to make him a submarine captain. 
because nobody <laughs> believed him any other way. Yeah. That's why you you remember that line in X-Men 3 when they're like, Professor McCoy, we need your help because you were on a submarine. <laughs> uh, yes, I was the captain. And then they just added that in. In the comics, the oh, Beast that, is not a submarine captain. Oh, because I thought that was all ad-libbed. Like, it was one of those things where they just threw it out there like... That, was, the, just that gonna... was the best take. That was the funniest yeah. take. <laughs> yeah, the, they were looking for the funniest take for X-Men 3. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you know, joke just... it up a little. <laughs> yeah, they're, you know, riffing, doing some riffs. <laughs> Riff them up. CGI, CGI, that some sort CGI of thing. CGI riffs. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we'll pump up these riffs in post with CGI. <laughs> that sounds good. We'll get Peter Jackson to work on it. All right, nice. guys. Do we have more to say about this? I don't know. It's how a much dumb movie. To... Say <laughs> it is. I mean, it is, it's really as stupid. Put it, a very dumb movie. Yeah, there are more exciting action treats out there <laughs> in the world. That's that's true, and ones where you can actually parse the uh, plot, which is a big problem. I was that re- yeah? That, your problem was based on that you just didn't like. You couldn't well, there are a the lot plot. of problems. Well, you're you're presupposing that there's like a the plot. I didn't like the characters, but also I didn't understand the plot and. I didn't understand what characters were supposed to be wanting from moment to moment. Like, oh, okay. Even in like the stupidest action films, I feel like people's motivations are are usually very clear. And here, there was no sense of even what like the fake, uh, yeah, you know, like mission was supposed to be before it got like wacky. I mean, like, they never see, even made it clear why Jonathan Mears Myers wants to be a secret agent. Like, that's yeah. really interesting that that was your problem because my problem with the movie was that there was only... Was terrible. One, well, that there was only one scene where a woman gets shot in the head in slow motion. <laughs> there Normally were, there needs to be like well, four or five for feel, me to like a movie. There was, there was one scene where a woman is shot in the head in slow motion and one where she's shot in the head in regular speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, At still, the I don't know if I saw that part. Was I in the bathroom? No, you saw that. Okay, that was probably laughing and pumping my fist, shouting awesome. <laughs> no. I think you did, actually. And you started screaming, USA, USA. <laughs> That's what happens to terrorists. And blowing a vuvuzela. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to date this podcast, if anything. Oh, yeah. Your World Cup references. Sure. Um, because I bet our fans are huge World Cup fans. Huge sports know. fans, the Flophouse listeners. Mm-hmm. The, well, I... So, this, <laughs> Dig yourself out of this hole, McCoy. In America, <laughs> in the in the U.S., uh, soccer is the nerd of sports. So I would imagine that our fans, like if they followed a yeah, like lacrosse, curling, or or like you're just getting like competitive scared. Nintendo playing or something. <laughs> you're just going like silly. I'm saying like of the of the sports. I think that soccer is like the, team is, sports. Yeah, I'm. I would say that soccer is likely the golf's pretty that nerdy. Our fans listen to. Listen to, listen to on the radio. All those, golf, you have uh, to do like trajectories. They just turn on WFAN and listen to the soccer play-by-play. Yeah. Uh, See how the New York Cosmos are doing. <laughs> it's not even their name. I mean, it was thirty years ago yeah. when they played. Anyway, so let's. Uh, anywho, let's give our final judgments on this this fucking thing. Um, to recap the judgment, <laughs> I don't know that we ever have to, that we have to keep explaining the scale of judgments every time. Is this a good bad movie, a bad bad <laughs> movie, or a movie you actually kind of liked? Elliot, what do you what do you have to say? I would call this a bad bad movie, and there were times I wanted to turn it into a movie I kind of liked because it was so stupid, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't. It fails to meet any of the requirements, even for being like one of them. I there's like the movie Tango and Cash. I could watch over and over again. Oh, I yeah. love that movie. It's so funny. It's so dumb. It's so amazingly stupid in like the most fun way. And this was. I was hoping this would be like that, but it wasn't. Yeah, Stuart. 
This uh, was the best movie I've ever seen. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Uh, the I, I had, I had Stuart is just <laughs> after a gnome named Norm. <laughs> I, I had you guys go in there for a second. No, this movie was terrible. Um, it was very slow. Um, the action scenes were shot really poorly. Yeah. So that because they were they trying were, they so were hard shot around John Travolta. Yeah, they were trying so hard to make John Travolta seem tough and competent. And uh, yeah, it was really boring. Yeah, I I'm with you guys. Like I, it's like I went through like the stages of grief with this movie because like at the beginning I was like verbally, I was like, yeah, this could be it. This could be a movie I actually kind of enjoy. Like I can see it's stupid, but I could enjoy it in a stupid way. And then it's like moving on, and I'm like, oh, this movie's terrible, but it's moving <laughs> along. Like this guy knows what he's doing. It's a bad, bad, good bad movie. That would like, be denial, right? Yeah. And then at the end, I was like, oh no, this movie is a mess. Nothing makes any sense. I hate our main characters. Yeah, and by, I think it's by the end you were movie. like you were tearing at your hair and smearing ashes on your face. Well, you, you guys ever seen that scene about two thirds away through Event Horizon where Sam Neill rips his own eyes out? Yeah. Sure, because where he's going, you won't need them anymore. I think. <laughs> yeah, just like at the end of Back to the Future. <laughs> no, he says going, we won't need eyes. <laughs> he says that. I think he does say something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. a really awesome scene. Yeah. <sighs> So guys, the fact that this movie made me want to watch Event Horizon more than watching it is making is a yeah, pretty I big statement. Yeah, Event Horizon it. is like two one third of a good movie. Yeah, has its moments. Okay, I would go with that one third. Uh, it's but, got Larry Fishburne in it. It's got Larry. <laughs> so Jonathan Travolta and Larry Fishburne, <laughs> um, um, and Sammy Neal. <laughs> I think that's how he Sammy goes Davis on Memoirs Neal. of an Invisible Man. That's what he's referred to as. Sammy Neal. Sammy Neal. I don't have um letters. Letters per se. Ooh. But I do have I like letters. I have this. Um Eagle Whoa, Eye. Whoa, Dan, put that away. <laughs> Alright. I'll put that away and I'll take out this, which is No, uh, that's even worse. <laughs> All right, it's like I'm sorry. radio comedy. <laughs> We need more sound effects. Don't open that closet, Fibber McGee. Crash, crash, thanks falling. Laugh, laugh, body shaking. <laughs> lazy sound effects guy. Just rattle a bunch of things. <laughs> no, what I do have is um, eagle-eyed flophouse uh, Eagle-eyed cherry? Matt, last name with Eagle-eyed, the, the Shia LaBeouf movie. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Eagle-eyed Flophouse fan, Matt, last name withheld, sent in a uh, link to an article about a new Friendly's product. Oh, on the internet? <laughs> on, the, on the internet, saying that uh, you, should sue, you should sue Stuart, and the link was to a new burger that they have, where the bun is two grilled cheese sandwiches. Now, uh, Flophouse fans will recognize this as one of Stu's... Unemployment suicide treats. <laughs> I wish this was there was an asterisk that would go to a yellow box that would say uh, Stu mentioned this sandwich in and then whatever episode that was. Well, that's you know. the thing. Pop then, up flop. Yeah, and then and then over like dash dash smile and stand. You know, uh-huh. I, ye you know, old Ed editor. <laughs> you know, it's like those Marvel boxes. Yeah, the I mean, this news probably wouldn't hurt my feelings so badly if. They just named it after me, you know? Like, what would the, you want to call the, it? What the fuck's the, the deal? Sandwich or, Wellington? Yeah, or like Stuart Wellington Rules or something like that. <laughs> the sandwich. Well, yeah, I mean, it would be colon the sandwich. 
<laughs> no, uh, not and the word colon. That would be weird. Because that's not very appetizing. And I assume rules would be spelled with a Z. <laughs> yeah. Stuart Wellington rules. Yep. But my name would be spelled correctly. <laughs> so if you need that information, Friendlies, you can call me. Well, I know that you sent Friendlies this proposal. So I just hope you also sent yourself a copy so that it would be mm-hmm. postmarked. No, see, the problem the was I didn't send it to him. I drew it on the back of a Friendly's placemat. Uh, that means it's their pro- intellectual property. I think so, right? Yeah. I wrote TM and shit, Stuart Wellington TM, <laughs> but that like... They just I thought you think... were on Team Stuart Wellington. Oh! Yeah, I did write T-E-A-M after Stuart <laughs> Wellington, so... <laughs> And then you drew the uniforms for what the Stuart Wellington teammates would wear. Yep, all with all unicorn. Well, that was the thing. It was all uniforms and then giant male genitalia (laughs) all over the place. I hope they're not making these hamburgers out of giant male genitalia then. Well, I I mean, I presume not. That would be kind of... Like, I would think that'd be more expensive than what they're probably beef, using. Yeah, probably low-grade crappy beef is more expensive than could, human penises. They could advertise it as an aphrodisiac, though. Sure. Yeah, because Friendly's is when you, when you want to get a girl in the mood, you take her down to Friendly's. What? It's a very friendly place. Listen, baby, I mean, they you do eat have... this upside-down ice cream cone with, with M&M eyes, <laughs> and then we're going to get busy back at the motel. Do it slowly. <laughs> Not right. too slowly, because it'll melt. And while she's eating the the Stewart team aphrodisiac penis burger, <laughs> you can eat one of their variety of new salads, which are all a delivery system for fried uh, fried chicken and cheese. So enjoy that. All right. Well, that was that was good fun, guys. Yep. Um, I call that sketch "Friendlies with Benefits." <laughs> well, that's what it'd be if, like, there was like chapters that we broke our thing <laughs> that's into. Right. Hey, I think you do that on the little yeah. website. Friendlies yeah, with Benefits. Yeah, that's notes for you. In which our three heroes discuss an interesting restaurant proposal. Okay, well, um, not zeros, right? No, want, heroes. Oh, okay, that makes me from zero is two heroes. Hercules in stores now. <laughs> Gyros. <laughs> he said in stores now. Is if Hercules had not been in stores for the past seven years? Oh, but it's but it's accurate. I mean, it's still. In it may stores. not. Be, Disney may have pulled it by now. <laughs> it might be it may Disney be back vault. in the Disney vault. Yeah, <laughs> with Song of the South and uh, yeah, that John Henry cartoon that never got released. Yeah, it is. It is racist against Greek gods. Um, but, uh, okay, what I want to do now is uh, talk about a new Flophouse contest. One that Flop for, test. One that, for once, is well-defined. <laughs> so, um... Like Elliot's abs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I call them a situation. Yeah. So, we would like to get, um, more uh, reviews on iTunes, and we would like to get them all at once so that iTunes stands up and takes notice as if it was a person rather than a iTunes thing. iTunes suddenly pull, takes the cigar out of its mouth and swings its feet off the desk and goes, What's going on over here? And that, uh-huh. and that cigar is Club made out say. of $100 bills. Mm-hmm. Yes, because that's you get the be- most pleasing smoke. <laughs> so here's the yeah. deal. $100 bills. To and sealed inter- with baby tears. <laughs> guys, guys I'm trying, now I'm trying to explain the actual mechanics of this well, contest. I t- we want to get iTunes reviews. All right, yes. Um, here's the deal. If you... Write a review of the Flophouse on iTunes before, uh, uh, on or before August the 1st. You are automatically entered into this contest. 
Um, you don't. It does not have to be a good review of our show. Obviously, we would prefer that, but I don't want iTunes to think that we're bribing you but, and for and good reviews. And if it's a negative review, just make sure it's like it's got, it gives us some real critique that uh-huh. we can work on. Yeah, Some we can well work written, with. Not just funny. Like, these guys suck. All in capitals. Yeah. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Again, we would prefer a positive review, but any review, any fair review, on give us iTunes. your your real opinion. Uh, but, except for that one listener who said we were not her type of attractive. Yeah, yeah I don't on. I don't care for that. Listen, we are all you know, we've we we've are, all landed some beautiful ladies mm-hmm. and it's not because we're after, after we're we we all tremendously vain. So. After we <laughs> yes. recorded that fucking podcast, we were all looking in the mirror like for like an hour, mm-hmm. right? Talking yeah. about all of our imperfections. And that's not cool because that's what makes us, you know, beautiful well, is we, our imperfections. We were looking in a circus mirror, so it You don't want to like... give us a body dysmorphic uh, disorder. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Yeah. But um, anyway. Elliot was having trouble eating, remember? Uh-huh. Well, yeah, that's remember? because that was, oh, that I, couldn't get, and purge I couldn't get the top off of the bucket and of chicken. Tend and <laughs> purge. Minge <laughs> and gurge. Anyway. And sting and lurge. <laughs> Man, you're on a <laughs> roll. No, keep it up. <laughs> we can do another 10 words. minutes of that. We're over here talking about one thing, and Dan's over there talking about made-up words. Point Mr. is. Rob, we got Noah Webster over here. Point is, uh, get in a review before on iTunes before August the 1st, um, on or before August the 1st, and you are automatically entered to win. It will be randomly selected from those who do review us on iTunes. And the prize, oh my god, the prize. What a so great, great prize. A great prize. You get to write in and tell us what movie you want us to talk about on an episode of The Flop House. And it does not have to be a new movie. It can any be a movie. movie. No any movie. Rules. So long it is, as it is readily available on Netflix, we can we can put our, our hot little hands on it. We can't. We will do it. If you mention no the, rules. the Lost Murnau film, Four Devils, mm-hmm. we can't do it. doesn't you, exist anymore. If you mentioned... Um, the uh, never made Marx Brothers film A Day at the UN. We can't do it because <laughs> it was not done. Uh, the day the clown cried. Can't do the day the clown cried. None of the famous lost or unmade films. <laughs> yes, any film that is available on Netflix that we you will can't talk do about. any home movies you made yourself. Uh, unless you send, them, unless to you send us. them to us. And do we have any copies of Stall left that we could? We can, yeah, we'll sweeten the deal with a copy of Stall with our um, John Hancock, our Flop House uh, commentary on it. Mm-hmm. And so, get those reviews in, friends. Please do, won't you? So now comes to the time when we recommend a movie sure. that you might like to watch instead of From Paris with Love. Stuart, you look like you've got one queued up. Mm, so, guys, a couple days ago, I watched a movie called The Human Centipede. What's the deal <laughs> uh, there, the man? The Human Centipede first sequence. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> What's the deal there? I mean, uh, so it's a movie about a bunch of people who get <laughs> sewed together. Is this a recommendation, together. or are you trying out your tight five minutes on <laughs> Human Centipede before the, tomorrow's open mic, open mic night? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, if you guys uh, you heard about this, anybody heard about this? Human Centipede? Yeah, Stuart. <laughs> that was that was your Kevin Eubanks. So, uh, yeah, I watched this movie. Um, to be honest, I was a little disappointed, guys. <laughs> to be honest, I would like to be a human centipede. <laughs> well, I mean... This is your recommendation? We were, about, we were talking about the human centipede, and I would say that if we were made into one of those, I think Danny'd be 
probably in the middle. I think that would be the could, worst place to be. We can all agree Dan is in the middle. I do not want to be in the middle. He's what holds the centipede together. That is the <laughs> terrible. <laughs> That's true, just like in the podcast. Just like in the podcast. I he would, is the unsung hero. I would argue that, that like I would make a good front. the turtle and having all of the turtles stacked <laughs> on top of you. That is the worst I think position. I'd make a good front. I think like, I'd make the best front. Because uh, I could best articulate the needs of the centipede. <laughs> the thing is, <laughs> you're, anyway. the spokes, you're the spokesperson. <laughs> I'd like to be the public face of the centipede. I would argue against it because, Elliot, you have a diet that's based primarily around chicken, fried but, chicken. Not just fried chicken. I'm, roasted and, also, grilled. And, you know, but I, I don't boiled. think... So you're arguing for someone with a more healthy, balanced diet. Yeah, so that we'll get enough sure. uh, nutrition. Yeah. That's what I'm arguing, and I eat better. I would also, I would also put on the table. I'd be willing to get some kind of a Bazooka Joe style comic strip tattooed on my lower back. <laughs> so I mean, in addition to the you, one I already have. <laughs> so the person behind you would have something Re- to read. Material. Yeah, I think that's fair. And where does that put me? Stuck in the back, eating two people's worth of poop. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> but that's two people. That's like, so it turns back into food the second time? I don't think so. <laughs> I think it is. It's like a double negative. Two poops make one good meal. I don't think so. I wouldn't listen. Again, I don't want to be in the middle. I want to be able to kick my legs around or talk. I mean, so, the movie's no kicking their legs around. People's tendons are being severed. And yeah, you can't. You can't. And the movie says you can't kick your legs. Oh well, then why? It's not even really the whole thing about a centipede is the number of legs. So yeah, means. there's. So watching this movie, you know, <laughs> I am gonna give I am gonna give the movie a little bit of credit. Uh, the 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 mad scientist guy, pretty awesome. Uh, he he's totally over the top, um, but it wasn't nearly as gory as ho- or as horrible as I kind of expected. It was um, a classy human centipede. Well, like I don't know, I'm used to seeing like Stuart Gordon movies where every movie makes me want to throw up at least once. So I was okay. I was a little disappointed that I didn't want to barf. But so human this centipede is a recommendation. Yeah, I just want to talk about human centipede for a while. <laughs> this is my fucking podcast, dude. Yeah. I'm not getting paid for this shit. <laughs> I mean, you own a Damn. third share of the podcast. But. Well, I mean, my I had my little part. I'll buy you Stuart's out, and then I can talk twice part. as much. Oh, I think you already do that, Elliot. <laughs> no! Ow! Zing. Uh, I'm gonna recommend Flophouse roast of the Flophouse. <laughs> <laughs> I'll recommend the documentary uh, Joe Strummer: The Future Is Unwritten. Um, I'm a fan of the the rock band The Clash, and uh, thus I was interested in a documentary about Joe Strummer. And Joe Strummer just seemed like, you know, like a Joe Strummer has like not a great singing voice, but one of the like warmest, most lovable singing voices in rock. Uh, He's even, got a very distinctive. It's not a, It's not a technically good singing voice, but it is. It's a, extremely expressive. Yeah, and it's expressive and charismatic. Yeah, and even when even when he's being like super aggressive, there's like this like like there's this, this just like a warmth to it, and uh, and I think that the film bears that out. He he seems like a very he seemed you know since he's passed on now, but he seemed like a lovable guy. I mean, like he did multiple assholeish things in his life uh but i don't think that any big rock star could become a big rock star without having some of that in them but mm, uh a little man named bruce springsteen perhaps <laughs> sure saint bruce who i but, hear uh, is is nice as pudding pie all right but it was what about a- uh what about king diamond from merciful fate <laughs> <laughs> he's got a he's got a pretty voice <laughs> okay <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> You've... Kirk Hammett always seems like kind of a nice guy. Right, you're both successfully derailing my <laughs> recommendation, but uh, it's a good documentary. Um, it's 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 done in a style where it, it it weaves in a lot of archival footage with new interviews, but also with 
you know, uh, just stock footage from various things uh, from the time, like movies that are unrelated. It does has little animations based on Joe Strummer's um, uh, sketches that he did. And it's sort of a kaleidoscopic style, but it doesn't overwhelm things. It doesn't feel like style for its own sake. It just seems very entertaining. So that's my recommendation. Hmm. I haven't used kaleidoscopic in a review lately. Well, well I did, but I was reviewing a kaleidoscope. <laughs> It's very. I mean, that's appropriate. For I would multicolor guess. monthly. Yeah, it's actually not a good kaleidoscope <laughs> either. It was a negative review. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fails to be more than merely kaleidoscopic. <laughs> well, in that in that usage, it's acceptable. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I would like to recommend a uh, low budget horror comedy film from the sixties called Spider Baby, which I don't know if you guys have oh, seen. Oh, it's great. Uh, I just saw it for the first time this past week. Uh, it's very fun. There's a family uh, called the Mary family that has they, that has a, a, vague, a strange syndrome where after a certain point, they just they their mental development goes backwards and they become like kids and then zombies. Basically, it just drives them crazy. It's just an excuse yeah. for people to be crazy. And they're... This family is basically taken care of by the chauffeur Lon Chaney Sr. in maybe his best performance. Like I've never been a big fan of I'm sorry, Lon Chaney Jr. I've never been a big fan of Lon Chaney Jr. He's best known as the Wolfman. Mm-hmm. But in this he's really good and like like kind of touching a lot of the time. Like where you feel like he really cares about this family, but he doesn't want anything to happen to it, but he knows they're crazy and they kill people. And it's, there's two daughters, one of whom thinks she's a spider and is obsessed with spiders. There's cannibals in the basement. There's Sid Haig as the brother who is bald and can't really talk and is kind of a, you yeah. know, evil weirdo. But it, like an innocent. And uh, basically cut the family's last surviving cousins come by to... I guess lay claim to the kids. Like it's just one of those things where there it's a very bare legal pretext for these <laughs> normal characters to wander into this crazy house. Yeah. Uh but it's a lot of fun and it's very there's some good spooky moments and it's just like very it's like pre-camp camp where like yeah. it's not too over the top campy but it's uh, it's very tongue in cheek. Well, I feel like there was this period in horror movies where like I don't know, just things were allowed to be very silly and loose and strange. It feels like a movie that, it's almost like if the monsters were allowed to kill people on the monsters. Like, yeah. if the monsters was a goofy sitcom about a, about vampires and Frankenstein's monsters who actually murdered people, but were still like a goofy family, that's what it's kind of like. But it was a lot of fun, and Lon Chaney Jr. sings the opening theme song, which is <laughs> adorable. Yeah. I... I'm planning a pitch now for the monsters that actually kill people. For, <laughs> and that's I guess, the title of the show, The Monsters That they, Actually Kill like, People. I, if, if I, I mean, I have no interest in writing a monsters movie. But if I was approached and they said, we want to write a monsters movie. But you want to be extreme, right? The monsters actually kill people because they're monsters. I would say, yes, sign me up. But they're still a family. They still have a son who goes to school. They're still up. They still go to like PTA meetings and and make jokes. You should about get. You stuff, should get the guy who plays the guy in that show. Uh, Everybody <laughs> loves Raymond to be uh, the Frankenstein. Oh, uh, Brad Garrett. Yeah, get yeah, that he'd guy. be great in, oh, the, in the Fred Gwynn part. Yeah. Well, I think we've uh, I think we've made our first million. Tonight. And we call it Monsters 3D. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. I like it. But it'd be in real, real D three D, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. We wouldn't upconvert. Yeah, it's not going to shoot in two D and then be three D. Uh-huh. Maybe even IMAX. Ideally. <laughs> All right. 
We'll sign on the dotted line. If ever there was a movie with it, 3D is completely unnecessary. <laughs> it would be the Munsters movie. I don't know, you know, um, I don't know, Frank, Frankenstein's would be all Frankensteining at you in 3D. <laughs> Frankensteining at you, yeah. And the and I the and the grandpa wouldn't be the grandpa monster. He'd be the real life grandpa Al Lewis, the socialist anarchist politician, <laughs> who also happened to you know be an actor. But you you lost me in your referencing, but that's okay. Really? Okay. So well, uh, he's he's the star of the monsters, you know. But I didn't really pay attention. And, and he's the star of the monsters what... and South Beach Academy. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Corey Feldman and Corey Haim. Oh, nice. <laughs> now you're speaking yeah, serious Yeah, Grandpa language. Lewis is also in that in between the boobs. Okay, right. nice. So, guys, like that one. from Paris with love, this has been our uh, our audio postcard. Yeah, from from Brooklyn with love <laughs> to you, the listeners. Mm-hmm. I've been Dan McCoy. I, I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm creeped out, Elliot Kalen. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Good night. What did you do? Did you whittle this? Whittle you whittled this? this table out of a what? You carpent? You carpenter one? this? You carpented Carpent- it? Carpent- carpented it. You would work? Woodworked it? Mm-hmm. You worked oh, let me put the my wood? thing on vibrate instead of make noise. <laughs> 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 the two settings. <laughs>